Hello and welcome to the podcast. So I hope you're all well. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, and I've hinted on it on the last podcast with Maka, I actually lost a friend on lockdown uh, due to like a mental health battle. And I just want to do a podcast talking about it, not necessarily the specifics of that case, if I can call it that, or of my friend. Not necessarily as an expert or someone who's even dealt with like really big struggles in his life, but just I've noticed a change in myself that's come from training and exercise and eating right and improving my sleep and I've seen it happen with clients as well but I'm not for one second going to pretend that if Lee or anyone else struggling with mental health they would have snapped out of it just because of this advice so I don't want this to be about Lee I want this to be about you and me or anyone else you think might find this podcast of value so I'm not going to pretend that if you listen to this, I can solve all your problems because I can't. But I feel like when you lose a friend to mental health and you're putting out all this advice on fitness and fat loss and sleep, how can you then not talk about mental health when it is such a big issue? And it's something I see a lot of people struggling with at varying levels, you know, to the extremes of taking your own life down to just like, low self-confidence, you know, low mood, social anxiety, mind, stuff like that. And again, I'm not an expert, but I've I've put a lot of thought into this in terms of I've scribbled down some notes, but I've been thinking about this for weeks on long walks after I found out about the news. You know, like I was home this weekend, I've been thinking about it. And I want to be blunt and controversial in some ways. And in some ways I'm going to offer like real nuggets of hopefully useful information and some opinions that you might not agree with and also the opinions of others who are more qualified like doctors and stuff and also a few people that I've listened to on podcasts that probably do a better job than me of explaining what mental health is and what a mindset is and how to improve it but as I've said I'm not for one second claiming that if I would have said this to Lee or anyone that it would have changed anything because depression and mental health is a very complex issue and there's a lot of factors involved. It's someone's life, someone's relationship, you know, booze, drugs, you know, life, family. There's a million one things. So we can't pretend to know everything. But this is my unique taste and my unique perspective and experiences. So all I would say, like, that I want to get from my chest is that what qualifies me to talk about this stuff is I feel like I've under... under what's the word? I've been involved in, like, a huge change. And it's been gradual. But even before this event, I've been conscious of it. Like, I don't say this in like an arrogant way, but I feel like I'm a different person to what I used to be. Like, same friends, you know, similar interests. Obviously, the same family. And that's not going to change. But the way I think and act and my general outlook has completely changed. And I've talked about this to a few close friends who've who've struggled or just come in conversation after a few drinks or whatever. And... I think a lot of that's down to the fact that I was massively unhappy, which I've talked about before, when I was in the Royal Air Force towards the end of my career. So when I first joined the Royal Air Force, I thought I was in there for 22 years. I thought I was going to love it, be keen. It didn't take long for me to realise it wasn't a career for me. I'm very independent. I didn't like the role we played overseas sometimes or the decisions of why we were in certain countries. I didn't like being just a big number, a big cog in a machine. I uh, didn't like being treated as a 
kind of group or punished as a group, even though individually I might have not done anything wrong. So I actually, I don't mince my words when I say I actually hated the job towards the end. But looking back now, it was probably one of the best things I've done. Fact, I wouldn't be where I am today in terms of business, in terms of like confidence, in terms of fitness or anything really, if I hadn't have joined. Because I am still now a little, well, I'm still quite introverted, but I was massively more in my own shell introverted as a as a youth, as a teenager. And that led me to drinking a lot more. And again, going back to to now, how I, I drink a lot less, but I still have time for it. I still enjoy it, but a lot less. And when we drink, we make a lot worse decisions. Uh, some of which are funny, some of which you regret, some of which are embarrassing. And there's a lot of stories that involve me that are embarrassing or funny or that I regret. But, you know, one thing I want to get from my chest nice and early is, and it can be controversial as well, because I know a lot of people in Middlesbrough, where I'm from, struggle with mental health. But there's huge amounts of, of alcoholism and, and social drinking and casual drinking and binge drinking. And I'm not for one second, again, suggesting that you can't drink and have good mental health. You can't drink and be respectable and you know all that kind of stuff because you can. And again, this is not specifically about Lee because he wasn't you know, a pisshead. He didn't have a problem with anything. But I've noticed other people have had mental health issues or took their own life or lost the battle with mental health who necessarily weren't close to me. And it does make me wonder how much of it is linked to our poor lifestyle habits. And I don't have the answer. I'm thinking out loud. But I really do think it's a lot. And it's alcohol, it's poor sleep, it's you know drugs in some cases, maybe a combination of all three. That's not discounting the, like, the loss of a loved one, of work stress, of deadlines, of, of all that kind of stuff. You know, people having battles in their own heads, which I really can't talk about from any level of understanding. But how much of it is down to what you're putting in your own head? Like the things that you're doing with your spare time, the things you're consuming. Because I see a lot of that from Middlesbrough. Having lived down south now and travelling up north recently as well. And, and people don't prioritise their health as much up north. They just don't. At least not my friend circle. Now, I don't know if that's because I'm from a poorer area. Maybe less educated, you could argue. Or that was just my crowd in school. But I feel like down south, there's more runners on the roads. You know, people have a better balance between drinking and, you know, live, having a healthy lifestyle. And you can ultimately get a balance. You don't have to be one or the other. But I think a lot of my friend circle was a lot of social situations based around alcohol. Like even family situations as well. And I do believe my mental health was a lot worse than it is now. But I don't think it's that black and white. And I think a lot of it's come from setting goals. And I kind of had this idea in my head. But I listened to a podcast which I alluded to earlier, and it was it was the Paul Mort podcast, and I'm sure he won't find out if I've got the story wrong anyway. But from from what I've gathered, he was basically on the edge of a cliff, and I'm pretty sure he's married and he had kids and stuff. And you might have thought he was happy, and I think he might have had some struggles in business. And if I remember the story rightly, he was going to throw himself off, and he, he's got a whole book about it now. I think it's called Unstoppable or something, or at least his program is. And I'll be honest, I haven't read the book, but I followed him for ages and I did one of his courses and stuff and he's won like coach of the air and stuff and he's a successful businessman. But the main reason I mention him is because I listened to his podcast with Tyson Fury and it just, it made so much sense to me that I shared it and I think I shared it twice actually. But I, 
I listened to Tyson Fury's story and I picked up a lot of bits of it that, that related to me. And he was just talking about how, you know, he was expected to go on antidepressants. He was expected to kind of to just stop drinking overnight. And he put all of his success down into goal setting. And I think going back to how I felt towards the end of my career in the Air Force, I, I didn't feel happy in my job. I didn't feel I had a purpose. I didn't have job satisfaction. You know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I was just sitting about. All my spare time was just drinking and socialising, which is fun, but you can take it too far. I had too much spare time on my hands, which I think is dangerous as well. And that links into goal setting. And I was just listening to Tyson Fury talk. He basically overcame his demons with a goal. And I've listened to him since on, on a, a fresh podcast with Paul Moore. And he talks about moving on to the next goal. And me and Maka talked about this on the last podcast. And a goal is a purpose. And it might seem dramatic and over the top to call it a purpose. But it is, especially if you've got you know, other purposes like a job, mortgage, kids and dog. But it's a little small purpose or it might be a big purpose to you. And when I have a goal, I know that's when I'm at my best. So some of my best moments in terms of looking back at life, like as a kind of, you know, a great point that I've, I've enjoyed or a great learning experience or even just how good I've been with my diet and training and discipline. It's always come when I've had a big, scary goal. So for me, it was boxing. For me, it was joining the Air Force, basic training. For me, it was our 24-hour events that we do a powerhouse. So we did three peaks, carrying 25 kilograms on our back. We pulled an 80k sled for 24 hours. We were training for a 24-hour row, but it was cancelled because of the pandemic. When I say yes to these events, my motivation shoots up. My confidence shoots up. You know, I'm disciplined, I'm motivated. I can say no to burgers and cake and biscuits and I write my training programme out and I'm focused. When these goals end, I do lose my way a bit and I have to move on to the next goal. And that's what Tyson Fury talks about after the fight. It, he, he says it takes him a week to settle down and get back on track and he needs a new goal. And and money isn't just an issue or health. So you look at footballers, they have money, they're fit. A lot of footballers struggle leaving the game at the end of a career because they're still fairly young. They don't know what to do with themselves they maybe haven't got any great financial habits or any business acumen in some cases and they're used to the publicity and kind of everyone idolising them and it kind of fades on the struggle and the struggle because of a lack of education maybe sometimes but they don't struggle because of fitness and maybe they struggle because they haven't got a focus or a purpose so I think a real big message of this and apologies if it's all over the place because it is in my head but if we have a goal and a purpose or we've got something written down to focus on that will often keep us on track. If we haven't got a goal, and don't get me wrong, the goal could be the best mum or dad that, you, that you've ever been. Like you want to be a better parent, a better spouse, you know, your family man, family woman, whatever it is, you, you could be, that could be your goal. It doesn't have to be fitness. It doesn't have to be strength. It doesn't have to be fat loss, but it might well be. But if you haven't told yourself that you're going to achieve something or you haven't just thought about it in your head or wrote it down or hired someone to get you there, then I honestly think you'll struggle. And again, it might seem a bit jumbled, but there was a book I was recommended to recently, or Mark Coles has talked about him, and he's actually a doctor, so maybe he's more qualified than me to speak about it, but Dr. G John D. Martini, and it was a brilliant book, and I know if a lot of people listen to it, they'll probably get bored, it's very self-help, and the guy reading it was a bit monotone, and audible, but I really, really enjoyed it, and, and he coming from a different angle, 
you often hear how depression is a chemical imbalance and he didn't necessarily criticize that but he said it's not always true and how he described depression was having unrealistic expectations of the world life others parents or partners because your expectations are so unrealistic it's almost like a fantasy or delusion and when your life partners or family friends or whatever don't live up to those unrealistic expectations that's often where depression comes from in his opinion and i can understand that and he's got 101 examples in the book and it was really really good uh it was the, the values factor the book was called and i really enjoyed it i listened to it when i was driving to tame and it, that's when i find a sink it really sinks in i listen to podcasts when i'm driving not when i'm training and, and he was explaining later in the book how we're supposed to have equal amounts of support and challenge to thrive so if your partner just supports you supports you supports you and doesn't challenge you at all then often that relationship won't end well or won't last in the long term or won't leave you feeling fulfilled but if that person challenges you too much the same is true so we need support and challenge from our family from our friends from life itself and he describes again it's his opinion people who have a lot of challenge in a family environment or a work setting they crave support so they crave like a an over supportive partner or if they have an over supportive family and an overbearing family they maybe crave like a, a challenging partner because we need that equal balance of challenge and that might sound a bit woo-woo, but personally, I've got to admit, I do believe it. And another thing he says I've got written down is depression lets you know that you're expecting things to be one-sided. So you've got this fantasy in your head that you're supposed to look a certain way or feel a certain way. Or maybe you're supposed to have achieved something in your life by a certain time and it hasn't happened. And that's where the depression comes in because you you promised yourself this fantasy that you would look a certain way, earn a certain amount of money have three kids and two dogs and it hasn't happened for whatever reason so sometimes these social idealisms that you should have kids should have a house should have your life figured out by 30 or you should look like a bodybuilder whatever it is sometimes these social idealisms drag you down and we should be craving a better balance of of support and challenge and again i don't want to make the podcast about the book but he was just talking about you know how you can perceive things not as good and bad but it's just as they are, like the pandemic just happened. It's not good, it's not bad. There's silver linings, there's obviously huge negatives. And for some, for some, it will be harder to see if you've lost a loved one or lost your job. But I know in my own business, there's definitely been silver linings, my online coaching, uh, my running, stuff like that. But there's definitely been negatives. Like the first month, my earnings dropped off a cliff. Uh, my weight went up. You know, Some of my clients have struggled and not got back into it. So that's a huge negative for me and for them. So I won't say much more on that, but I really do recommend the book. It's called The Values Factor from John D. Martini. And he's not just a fitness guy. He's obviously a doctor and he's involved in like psychology. And he, I've seen him recommended a lot of people, to be honest, but he's really, really good. And uh, I just want to talk about the power of goal setting. So just give yourself a goal, set it, whether you tell someone, whether you reach out to me and tell me, I'd be happy to know, you know, tell family and friends, but have a short-term goal, medium-term and long-term, and try and avoid the temptation of just going, oh, just weight loss. Because you've got to be able to quantify the goal. It can't just be, oh, it would be nice to be a bit lighter. It would be nice to be faster or stronger. It needs to be quantifiable, like a 100k deadlift, 
you know, a half marathon, uh, 5k fun run, uh, fitting into an old dress or something like that, you know, f- feeling confident in the gym, losing weight. It, it's a nice goal, but it's hard to qualify whether you've achieved it or not. So I, I can't remember where I got this quote from. It might have been a, a business coach I follow, but he was just, he came up with a little catchphrase I quite liked, action beat anxiety, action beats anxiety. And I think Paul Moore again summed this up and he just said, we tend to be more anxious and depressed and down when we're thinking. So we're sitting in the house thinking about doing stuff. We're thinking about what our boss said to us, what our partner said to us, what someone on Facebook said, but we're not actually taking action. We're not actually looking to better ourselves, whether it's fitness or diet or health or sleep, whatever it is, or your job. We're just thinking. So take a bit more action and don't spend so much time overthinking situations because I think that's dangerous. And I think that's where a lot of my, I've seen issues come from. A lot of my kind of low moods come from towards the end of the Air Force was I had too much time on my own thinking I hate this job. And I was quite reactive. I was quite, I don't say aggressive, but I was kind of like moody, probably poisonous to be honest in terms of like morale in the office because I wasn't happy with my job. I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't have a goal didn't have a purpose I was just sitting about killing time so I become more reactive I become anxious and it's because I didn't have a goal I didn't have a purpose I didn't have a drive now luckily for me I've discovered my passion and it's helping people get fit get strong it's growing a business it's it's that kind of stuff and people who know me down south would be surprised about the way I used to act the way I used to live the things I used to do and it's all come from health and fitness now you that might not be your passion your passion might be your two bloody dogs it might be bloody diy doing up houses but i think everyone should look to find some kind of passion or something that really kind of got a lot of purpose with and it might just be your kids and just appreciate that and try to get better at that and you know maybe even make a living around it but i think people are just kind of coasting through life just seeking pleasure so the alcohol the chocolate the drugs, the fags, whatever your boot, whatever your kind of vices are, sorry, often we're seeking them, not always, because I don't, I don't want to demonise people having a social drink, but we often seek them to kind of distract us from our lives. So if you're a bit happy, if you're unhappy with nine to five, you crave pizza every night because you get that little dopamine hit and you feel good and it lasts about two minutes and it means you gain weight. So we're craving little short-term wins, pizza, chocolate, cake, nights out, KFC, whatever it is. And we haven't got anything that's long-term achievable goals. And when you achieve these goals, you feel brilliant. And you know, like we did our 24-hour events and I didn't really enjoy them. It just, it gave me a purpose. It gave me a focus. It gave me a drive. And again, it's, it's not just me talking about this. It's it's Tyson Fury's talking about it. John Martini, Paul Moore, business coaches, fitness people, people in finance. Like we need some form of goal. And to, to me, it all comes back to self-help. I used to cringe at self-help. Like, I still cringe at Tony Robbins. He's just too much for me. Uh, some of you will cringe at that John D. Martini's book. But I think it's a bit of a journey. But self-help doesn't have to be hugging trees and woo-woo. It, it could be self-help. could be, like, a business book. It could be you reaching out to me for fat loss. It could be you and your friend doing a couch to 5K. Self-help comes in many forms. But I think people just think it's all abs and fat loss and scale weight like the reason why i set these goals uh, and even though a client might hire me to drop the scales and lose fat or get fit 
I'm always thinking in the back of my mind about mental health and about building a mindset. And I think now my mindset is much more resilient. It's much more open-minded. I'm much less impulsive. I'm, I've got much less pleasure-seeking behaviour because I've just built a better mindset. And, you know, it all comes back like stress management. So the best analogy I've heard of is like, think of a two-litre water bottle and it's absolutely brimming with water. Now, that is you with a stressful life, and it could be kids, deadlines, I don't know, renovations in your house that are stressing you out, traffic, whatever it is, partners. If that two-litre bottle is brimming, you can handle less physical stress in the gym. And there's like a tipping point when things become negative and it affects your recovery, your mood, and your mindset. Now, if that bottle was half empty and life was tickety-boo and your boss was good, your relationship was good, and there's no deadlines or anything, no traffic... You can then handle more physical stress. Now, think about conditioning and cardio and strength training collectively as expanding your vessel. So what if I said the vessel now was three litres and you can now handle the stress of life? So stress isn't just what makes you angry and frustrated. It's literally any input into your system. So lifting weights is a stress, even though it can relieve stress. Uh, hit and running is a, is a stress. Arguments with partner of stress, and as I mentioned, traffic. So think about cardio is like, yes, it can help you lose weight. Yes, it can help your cardiovascular system and fitness and stuff. But I see it as also like a tool to, to build my vessel or expand my vessel so I can better handle the stress of life, whether it's like relationships breaking up, or the pandemic hitting your business, or job worries. Like, in my opinion, in his opinion, I feel myself and people who value fitness and strength i feel like you're better placed to succeed and, and come out the other side of a low mood or depression or anxiety and i'm not saying that because i'm fit now i don't suffer with low moods or anxiety because i do i still quite often have uh, social anxieties to be honest uh, i had a party the other day and i, I considered not going don't know why, i just didn't really want to i don't like walking in a room like 30 people it's weird but I will stand up in that room and, and do seminars, which is weird. I think when I'm in charge of the topic or I'm leading the conversation, I'm very confident. But when there's like 20 people in a room all expecting me to talk or something like that, I'm not that great. So I do have my issues. I'm not claiming for one second you can solve them by going for a run. But when you piece the diet and the strength and the fitness and the sleep all together and some goals... I feel like a lot of people's issues can be improved. So it won't solve your problems, but it might alleviate the issues of low mood, anxiety, and maybe even depression. And uh, one thing I just wanted to talk about as well is just how kind of diet plays a part in that. So again, this is an opinion of a book I've read, so I'm not saying I fact check it, but the guy's a doctor. He explains how there's a link between parts of the brain. So the rational part of the brain and the uh, emotional part of the brain. So the prefrontal cortex is like the creative, emotional, engaging, empathetic part of the brain. And the amygdala, if I pronounce that right, is the primitive part of the brain. So it's like people fighting over toilet roll, you know, traf arguing in traffic, road rage, or looking after your own family at the expense of others or friends. It's very impulsive, very tribal, not very open to logic and rational. Let's argue with an idiot. And the prefrontal cortex is more empathy and understanding. According to this book, Brainwash, really good book. It's not about conspiracy theories, by the way. Eating like a high 
uh, eating junk basically or high inflammatory foods apparently causes this link to be severed. So you're a bit more impulsive, a bit less rational, a bit less logical. So you crave impulsive stuff. So you're much more pleasure-seeking, as I mentioned earlier. So chocolate, cake, biscuits, alcohol, fags, whatever, whatever your vices are, you're more likely to, to crave them when you sever this link between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. And that, to me, made a lot of sense. And in the book, it does actually link that to a lot of people who are quite obese and some personality traits and characteristics that I definitely agree with in small doses, at least. So that was a really interesting book for me. And it's understanding that the diet does play a part in it and how you feel after eating crap sometimes and your digestion after it as well. And the last thing I'll probably touch on is sleep. So again, a great book. I feel like I'm just recommending other people's work, but again, much better, much better job than me to do of explaining it. So Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep, absolutely brilliant book. If anyone in your family or you have struggled with sleep, you need to read this book. And it's mainly about alcohol, acne as a sedative, uh, how long caffeine takes to be eradicated out of your system, uh, breastfeeding your kids and how it affects development and sleep patterns and stuff. Uh, literally everything, Alzheimer's, but it actually touches on mental health as well and depression and how lack of sleep is linked to that. So sleep is a restorative process. So it helps us recover, it helps us feel better. It restores balance in brain and body. So if your sleep's all over the place, if you're drinking far too much, if you're eating crap foods, if you've got no goals, if you've got unrealistic expectations of people or the world or your boss or your life, you can see how all them things collectively can potentially, in my opinion, lead to anxiety, low mood, maybe even depression. And then you could argue if you improve your diet and you, and you move more, whether it's steps or training, improve your fitness, expand your vessel, you're probably going to have a greater outlook, a more positive outlook. You're probably going to perform better, feel better. I don't want to sound all woo-woo, but I imagine you would then like attract more positive people, you know, rather than kind of walking around with a face like a slapped ass, you know, in a negative mood, you know, struggling. You're going to give off like moody vibes. Like I've seen people who diet a bit too hard for like bodybuilding shows and you can see on the face they're in a mood or they've gone low carb and they've struggled or time in the month for something, you know, when you're in those states or someone you're around, like your partner or colleague is in a mood, you can often tell. So we give off like energy without sounding again, woo-woo. So if that energy is positive, you might attract more positive people into your life. And again, don't want to slag off Middlesbrough, but I feel like as much as I love my friends and family, I feel like there's just a cloud of negativity above it sometimes. And even people who are successful in the town, they're criticised because, yes, they did something for charity, but they got something out of it. Or, yes, he's successful, but his mum and dad giving the money. Or, yes, he's done this, but something, something, you and me. Or, or, yes, she's got two beautiful kids, but it's easy for her because someone pays for them. You know what I mean? There's always, like, a negative attitude. And I think we need to just focus on ourselves and just be a bit more positive. It sounds woo-woo. And the funny thing is, some friends and family might listen to this and think, Jesus, you weren't this positive before. And, and I wasn't. And it's taken me to find a job that I love or a career that I love, or a business that I love, to kind of snap out of it. It's taken fitness and strength to snap me out of it. Uh, again, I still, am, I still am introverted, but I used to be a lot more introverted before I joined the Air Force. You know, got out of my shell, 
And I think as I've got fitter and stronger and more confident, it's easy for me to look back on things now and talk about things like it's easy. But I do have my struggles, I do have my down days, but having something to focus on in terms of a goal massively helps. So if anyone's listening to this, I do want to know if it's helped because I put a lot of thought into this. And we'll flick through my notes and see if I've missed anything. But I think that's it. Like, I'm not trying to be an expert. And this this is actually one great point I want to get off. Like, talking about things definitely helps. Please don't take this the wrong way. It definitely helps. I've had friends talk to me. I'm probably too stubborn to talk to them sometimes. But and I do like to offer. And I will listen. And I believe that helps in the short term. I really don't think it solves. I think it delays. I think it stops you doing something silly. I think it delays it. I think it helps you feel better. But you've then got to go home or go wherever or sit and think about your own thoughts and you haven't necessarily dealt with it. And it's not always that simple. As I've said, it's, de- it's depression's complex. But you haven't really taken action. you know. And that action could be like committing to a step count. It could be committing to go to bed earlier. It could be committing to stop boozing apart from occasions or Saturdays. It could be to improve your diet. It could be a combination of all those things, strength and fitness. But I think... Let's be honest, talking will only get you so far. Every, everyone puts the statuses up now. No one did this years ago, by the way. Oh, my door's always open. Come and talk to me. It's brilliant. Not criticised it for one second. But at what point are we going to start, like, taking charge of our mental health? That's what I think I'm doing when I train. I don't think I'm going to get become the strongest guy in the gym. I'm five foot nothing. I don't think I'm going to become the world's best runner because I know the military guys would smoke my times or the actual runners would smoke my times. It's about me being better than I used to be. Or as you get older, maybe it's about maintaining it and not losing it so quick and keeping up with your kids or your grandkids or whatever. But I think if you're just relying on having a conversation when you have a bad time and then just go on for months and weeks of your life and hope you don't have a bad time again. So I don't want to put anyone off talking. It's absolutely brilliant. But let's take more control over your, over your mental health and your mindset and understand when you achieve something that you've said you're going to achieve, you stack a little win. Like you stack, it's almost like, it's cheesy again, like casting the vote for the person you want to be. So if you're the kind of person who says you're going to lose weight and you don't, you say you're going to get up in the morning for a run and you don't, say you're going to achieve this or change jobs or do whatever and you don't do it, that affects your self-worth. So if you make little, sounds daft, little to-do lists, could be bloody paint this, tidy that, build this, you do those things, you stack, you cast a little vote for who you want to be. You get up out of bed in the morning, you cast a little vote for who you want to be. They can be very small votes, but over time, keep casting these votes and you become a different person. Doesn't mean you need different friends or a different partner or anything like that. It just means you're a little bit better than you used to be. A little bit more organised. Might improve your self-worth if you like. And you achieve it and it feels good and you move on to the next goal. But a lot of people are just getting out of bed uninspired. You know, they haven't got an end goal. You know, even if you hate your job, this is what John D. Martini says. You need to see it as like it, it's getting you somewhere else. It's moving you on to the next job. Or like attach it to the fact that it puts a roof over your head. Or the job might be crap, but it allows you to spend loads of time with your kids or your missus or your boyfriend or whatever. And start seeing the positive, or as he puts it, seeing that there's no positive or negative, just there's just it just is. So it just is what it is, and there's pros and cons to it. Rather than, I hate my job, I hate my life, hate my friends, hate my ex, and all this kind of stuff. And I think that energy is massively draining. And I think that's all it is, you know. You just try and find a passion, try and find a purchase, uh, 
a purpose, not a purchase. Try and set goals. Don't be shy to reach out to people, but understand at some point you've got to actually do something. So you might talk to someone, but then set a plan in action. Don't just talk to someone, feel better, and then go back to living the same way you're living and struggling the same way you're struggling. So hit it from all angles. Diet, sleep, you know, knock your booze down a bit. Sometimes knock your caffeine down. Get your steps in. You know, Set a goal, whether it's running, strength, boxing, bloody hard numb, muscle building. Just have something to aim towards. Otherwise, you're just floating through life, hoping that you'll feel good. And often it will... It will be okay, probably in the early days. And at some point, you're going to feel a bit unfulfilled. So as a non-expert, I think that's all I've got, to be honest. And think of fitness as improving your stress management and you're better able to handle real or perceived threats. And it might even help with anxiety and stuff like that. And don't be shy to read a self-help book or podcasts. And just to cap off my recommendations, John Martini, uh, quite big on Instagram and I don't know if he's got a podcast, but good audio books. If you like a bit more straight talking northerner, like me with a bit more swearing, look into Paul Mort. I appreciate that these are all masculine, but I'm a bloke and I have a lot of female listeners. Uh, Tyson Fury's podcast were really good as well, which he did with Paul Mort. And he talks about depression, drugs, how he was offered antidepressants. And it was the goal setting that got him out. And yeah, I think that's it. If this has helped, I'd really appreciate it if you let me know. If you know anyone who you know, find it useful, don't be shy to point them in the direction or share. If you want any help setting goals, I'm not. this is not a coaching pitch, by the way. Literally, just send me a little DM and I'll give you a little few DMs back and we can maybe come up with a goal. Uh, and just, just to give you something to focus on, you, you need a goal. And when you achieve the goal, you move on to the next. I've had clients in the past lose a lot of weight, like a few stone for an event. And then it's just gone straight back on. And it's really sad to see. So... You've got to move on to the next goal, whether it's you know, more of that goal, like more races, more runs, more fights, or completely pivoting. So I've just done that eight-week fat loss challenge. I uh, thought I was going to stick to it for a bit and then do a running event in Morzine. That's now been cancelled. I felt my diet going backwards because I didn't have a goal. So I've now set the goal. I'm telling everyone here per, uh, publicly, I'm going to do a marathon in eight and nine weeks, uh, just off my own back. That now has snapped my focus out. I've got a plan, I've got motivation, I've got some like desire to focus on something. So I've got less time to sit there and, and think about you know, negative things, anxiety, low mood, depression, things that aren't going well. I've just got something to focus on. So I'm probably going to call it there because I've rattled on enough now, but generally hope that helps one person. I'll be buzzing. See you in a bit.